0: Welcome to the Lewis and Broad podcast streaming from the corner of Lewis and Broad Street here in LaGrange, Georgia. Lewis and Broad is a storytelling podcast where we share the lives and tales of people and local organizations from our small town. My name is Leighton Parker, the director of Lewis and Broad, and here are your hosts, James Goodlett and Laura Neely.
1: Welcome to the Lewis and Broad podcast, episode number 40. My name is James Goodlitt. I'm one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in downtown LaGrange, Georgia, broadcasting to you from the corner of Lewis and Broad Streets, hence our name. I am here with my colleague, the Reverend Laura Neely. Laura, how are we doing?
2: Hey, doing well.
1: So today... Uh, you yeah. know, I know this podcast is going to drop after the day, but I feel like we need to just name it. Today yes. is Halloween.
2: Yes. It's Halloween.
1: I've had this song in my head all Halloween season from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Do you know have you
2: I know exactly which this, one this you're Halloween, talking Halloween, about. Halloween. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Is, yes, I I have been I think I wake up singing that song. Kids are like, Alexa, play This is Halloween by the citizens of Halloween Town.
2: Like, this is one of your favorite holidays, right? I
1: love, I do love, love Halloween. Halloween. It's fun. You know, I did have um, a rather interesting experience uh, last week, or I guess it was last week. Leighton Parker, our director, of producer, and director of student ministries, is in the house. And Leighton hosted a lock in. And it was here in the church, which is quite terrifying at night, by the way.
2: Lots of sounds in churches. Lots of freaks night.
1: and all that kind of stuff. But I dressed up uh, in my Halloween gorilla costume and scared the middle schoolers. Leighton, how did it come across?
0: Well, it was in the middle of sardines. For those who aren't familiar with sardines, it's like backwards, hide and seek. You find somebody and hide together, right? Yeah. So Joanna and I were hiding and all of this was happening and it was it was funny. I hear a very faint scream come out of nowhere.
1: Yes. I I I'm only gonna confess this to the denizens of Lewis and Broad, but there was some slight catharsis in scaring the children. I don't know oh, what yeah? that's about. I feel like I need to go see my counselor about that.
2: Yeah. I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, that's... Yeah, th-
2: sounds like something to check out. That's a thing. <laughs> Dig into you a little bit more.
1: Speaking of children, our guest... <laughs> <laughs> today, because I, I will say, having heard these Halloween tales about about me and scaring the children, <laughs> I'm not sure that I would be a candidate for a host family of safe families for children of West Georgia. I feel like they would ask, do you scare the children in a gorilla costume? And I would very proudly boast, absolutely. And then they would move on to the next candidate. But it, this is a fantastic program. And we have Brooke Bryant in studio program coordinator for safe families for children of West Georgia. Brooke. Brooke. Good to have you in here. Thank
3: you. Thank you for having me.
1: So it's Halloween. I mean, you've you got big plans for the night.
3: I do. I have five children, actually, so it's always exciting. Always yeah. exciting. You're
1: going to be walking the streets of our fair community this evening. We
3: sure are. Gonna gonna Getting make sure that candy. make sure that the kids get the candy that I like.
1: Exactly. <laughs> are, do you impose the the Halloween tax on the children? Absolutely. Yeah, the Halloween tax. For those of you who don't know, is parents and guardians rightfully get a cut of the candy that is procured by Makes the children? Makes
2: sense. You know, I only have a two-year-old, so I'm glad to be informed you of this. Well, you can to. just go
3: to the door with your child, right? Whatever and just you get, want. what I want,
2: yeah. You're what is set. that? You're set. She's not going to eat it.
1: Is that is that a is that a Kit Kat? <laughs> I need All the grab, Reeses. I need you to grab those peanut butter cups. Yes. yes. Well, uh, thank you, Brooke, for being here and uh, for sitting in studio, having the bravery to sit in the studio with somebody who likes to scare the children <laughs> on behalf of your fantastic organization. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Brooke. You already said that you have five kids. and Are you from LaGrange?
3: I am. I was born and raised here, went away to college for a little while, and came right back. All my family and friends are here, and it's just a perfect place that I believe to raise kids.
1: Where did you do the college thing?
3: Went to Bruton Parker College on a softball scholarship. If you I, blink, I don't know where that is. if you yeah, because if you blink, you'll miss the town.
1: Where no, it's is It's very it?
3: small. It's like ten minutes from Vidalia, so like super downtown. Wow! D- down
1: it top. is a suburb of Vidalia.
3: Yes. Yes.
1: That is wow. Yes. That is but small. I loved it. I had okay. the most
3: incredible people there. I had a I had an amazing amazing time. Position, pitcher.
1: Yeah. If I
3: tried to to do that now. Uh, my arm would certainly fall off. Well, Layton Layton is a salt <laughs> I baller. know. I know. I've known Layton for a very long time. I sure. got
1: to say when I watch one of my favorite things to watch now is not to digress from our <laughs> but in springtime when it's when it's women's college world series oh, yeah. time, it's good stuff. Oh, I get into it. Yeah. And yeah. it's unbelievable to me how they pitch. Yeah. Or how you pitch. Mhm. The whole.
3: Uh-huh. I mean, I couldn't do it now if my life depended on it. But.
1: But um, I've heard people say it's actually much better for you to pitch that way than a baseball pitcher because it it's more natural. You know, you're it using is. more of your shoulder, right?
3: Yep, and I never, I never had arm problems, shoulder problems, anything like that.
1: I believe in you, Brooke. I think you, you get out there and do it.
3: <laughs> I do not. I, I could think not. You <laughs> could get out there
1: and pitch a 100 mile per hour no, rise ball. No,
3: no, no, no. I'm so glad none of my kids decided to play bas- baseball or softball because.
1: You would be into I'm, it, I'm out, I'm out. You'd I'm be out. intense.
3: <laughs> I probably would be, too much.
1: All right, so you're from LaGrange. You went to college down there yep. in s- southern eastern part <laughs> of Georgia. Yep. And then you came back, and did you immediately come back and, and do safe families? Or did you I did
3: not. So I um, actually was the youth director at the Methodist Church for a while.
1: As in First United, um, yes. right down the street.
3: Right down the street. All right. Loved that. And then uh, I just felt like I wanted to do massage therapy. I've always wanted to do something in the medical field, um, but I'm not one for blood or, you know, somebody's life being in my hands. So um, I love massage therapy, and so I, I went to massage therapy school. Um, once I came back, I did, did that for a while. And in the meantime, I adopted two sons from Latvia at five and six years old. I've always had a heart for the least of these, and for orphans, and um, that was always a plan A for me. So, I adopted them as a single mom, then I knew that I wanted to raise them here in LaGrange. So, that's where where we were. (laughs) I gotta
1: say, you are one of the most interesting people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but...
2: So how did you get involved with Safe Families?
3: So I, I love working with the church. Layton and I were just talking about that coming up here. She asked me if I missed if I missed working in the church, and I said I did, but I still feel like I kind of do with Safe Families because it's a ministry out of all of the churches on the grain. so I get to, to still work with the churches. Um, and I've always had a heart for this. So, you know, helping people who are in, a cr- in crisis mode, I just feel like um, that's what Jesus would do, he did do when he was here, and that we should do as well, and this is a perfect, perfect way to do that with Safe Families.
2: Can you tell us some about the mission of Safe Families?
3: Yes, of course. So we, we're a ministry out of the churches, so we, what we do, we're trying to bring back true biblical hospitality, Mm -hmm. and not only, you know, give a safe place for these kids, but to share the love of Jesus with them and their families. So, our big thing is anybody who, any family who's in crisis, who is not purposefully neglecting, which I'm saying, like, if they can't feed their kids three meals a day, because. They can't afford it. Can't afford it. Right. So, um, they can call us, you know, if they're in this crisis mode. And what we do is we put people in all churches around them and help them however we can.
2: Mm.
3: So, that, it's like a three-tier system. So, the one is we can host kids. In our homes. And so right now we probably, I think we have around 80 host homes in LaGrange. So we can host kids in our home. Those are just called host families. The next tier is family friends. So these people can tutor kids if they need help. They can drive kids from places to place. They can watch kids in other people's homes if they need that. And then we have resource friends. So I have like a list of 100 people And if somebody called us and says, my lights are about to be turned off, I'm doing all I can, I meet with them face-to-face, I make sure that this is really what they need, and um, I can text out these 100 people, and we'll usually get the money very quickly to go and pay whatever they need. Now, of course, we have to be careful with those things. You know, I definitely make sure I meet face-to-face with the family. I never give the family's money. I go and pay it, you know, Mm -hmm. myself and look at the situation, but
2: that's... I loved I was looking at your website and some of that terminology right. family friends mm-hmm. and um, that just that use of family a lot that right. your family's not just your like your nuclear family, Absolutely. but that like these folks become like family and that talking about that you're going to go be with a family friend. Well, that could be right, you know, just seems to normalize. Sure, sure. And, and, what and that's going on. That's
3: the thing, too. Like, I, um, my husband and I we, we both have jobs. I have all of our parents live here in Lagrange. We have tons of friends who we can call on any time, and it's still hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I cannot even imagine, you know, these single moms or single dads or grandparents who are raising their raising all of these amazing kids and have nowhere to turn and lose a job and are living paycheck to paycheck and have no they have no idea what to do next. Um and then they because they shouldn't lose their children because of something like that because mm-hmm. they can't because they get so behind and they can't feed their kids or they're living in their car because if somebody sees them living in their car what's going to happen? They're going to get their kids taken away mm-hmm. and, or going to do, and and they don't deserve that so that's when we were able to step in show them Jesus by being the hands and feet of them and just loving them and, and be, truly becoming, like we don't look at it as just getting the kids in the home and then getting them out we truly want to wrap around them and love them and, and be their family.
1: So so take us through the process. Like, mm-hmm. First of all, how does a family or a child get identified as somebody who could potentially be aided and supported by, safe families? And then once that family or child, once they're identified, then what is that process like from... In the very beginning, to, okay, a child is staying with a family for however long. I mean, what does that
3: sure, look sure. like? So if you look up, like, somebody helped with family or whatever, we come up very quickly on, like, a Google search. So that's a lot of the times where that families find us. So the family actually has to call us. So if a school counselor sees a need and and thinks that they'd be a good candidate, they actually have to call us the actual family because we don't want anyone to think that we're trying to take their child or whatever. You know, that's that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. One thing is the internet. The other thing is we just go to every doctor's office. We go to all the counselors. We go to all the schools. We go to, you know, coaches. We go everywhere possible and let them know about Safe Families so that if they come in contact with anyone, they'll know who to call. I'm just going to give you an example. I will be a little easier than just a um, overall but we had a family this past summer a mom a single mom and her little girl who she lost her job and ended up losing, then losing an apartment and living in her car so her and her daughter were living in her car for a while and she started of course worrying about what am I going to do what if that somebody finds us you know her in the car so she calls us I met with her face to face Um, you know I go to their homes I figure out in this case, she didn't have one, but um, I really make sure that the situation is a true situation that we can help with because we want to be a good steward of all of our volunteers and all of the money that is, you know, provided for us. So um, so she meets with us, and she told us that she was going to work two jobs over the summer and that she, if we could keep her over the summer that she would have enough to get a new apartment and those sorts of things. So that's what we did. We had our host, or actually my coworker Nicole Spivey, um, Lucy Wynn uh, who's Sarah Holly's sister, had this little girl yep. that Lucy teaches Sarah. downstairs, in yeah. Montessori, right? Sarah, Sarah goes here. Goes here. I love them. They're awesome. Um, but Lucy and Nicole together worked together and kept her all summer. Um, the mom was able to get back her on her feet and get her get her child back. Wow! By the end of the summer.
1: So they they tag team. They they basically yeah took you can, care of the kid,
3: mm-hmm, yeah. this
1: child all summer long. Yeah. So with, they. Like, how often did the mother? Was, the,
3: we was, we want the mom to see any any situation. We the whole purpose is to get them back with their family as quickly as possible. So we want to cultivate that relationship, and keep it going constantly. So we want the kids to talk to the parents a lot. We want the families to see them as much as possible. So her situation was a little different. Um she lives she doesn't live in Lagrange. Most of our fa- people that we help do, do live in Lagrange, but not everybody has to. Um so this one lived in in Atlanta actually. So we they saw I think she, the mom saw her three times but talked to her all the time. Got pictures sent to her and and all those sorts of things. So uh the mom can I mean the parents can see them whenever they want as long as they work well with the host family. Can, you know, they can't have unrealistic expectations like I'm going to see the kid every single day just not going to happen. I mean, that's just too hard (laughs) with all this going on. But we'd certainly do all we can to let them see them as much as possible.
2: So how is this different than like a
3: foster situation? We are the step before foster care. We do not want them to have to go into the foster care system if possible. And we actually work very well with DFACs as well. So if they even sometimes get a call and they think "Mm, this doesn't have to be, of a foster care placement, they will they will call us as well. So we work very well together. Uh, but but the Safe Families is none of the volunteers get paid for anything. Um, not that that's by any stretch of the imagination why foster parents do that. I mean, we need foster parents. We need people in each place. But Safe Families don't get do not get paid for anything. They are literally doing it completely volunteer based, um, and they. You know, we don't have to go through every single thing that the foster care system does as far as the training goes. Now, we do have to do background checks. I have to come and check the home, do a home so home safety check. It's not near as extensive as, like, if you're adopting or foster care or anything. I just make sure it's safe. And then a drug test.
2: How do you identify host families? Are those folks who are interested and
3: reach out to you? Or? Yeah, a lot of them just reach out to us from all the different churches in LaGrange. Um, what I'm gonna what I'm starting to do more is go to each church mm-hmm. and and talk about it and say you know who's interested in being a host family resource friend or family friend and then we'll we'll have a meeting and it, you know within the church and we can train people very quickly and, and you also do the training online at your own pace. And if you may okay. have, have any questions, they can call me. I think it's a nine hour um, training.
1: Do you have to be affiliated with the church to do this?
3: You, you don't have to be, but you have to be able to go along with our values, our morals, which is being the hands and feet of Jesus. So we want to make sure that you, you know, they align with who we are and what we are for the kids. So they don't have to be, but because of who we are, that's usually how it ends up.
1: Right, you kind of filter yeah. that way. Yes. I do have a question for you mm-hmm. in, in in your work. What are some of the greatest challenges or needs that you see time and time again facing our our community's children and, and our community's families? I know I didn't prep you, so I'll give you a second. No, that's kind of a that's
3: a wonder that's a great question. Think about that. Um homelessness right now. You would not imagine how many people are living in hotels. Or get enough hotel, get enough money for a couple nights and then live in their car for a couple nights and then live on the street for a couple nights and then go back to the, you, you would you not, I mean, I'm sure you would imagine because y'all work in a church and I'm sure you get the calls too. Um, but there are loads and loads of people and it's so much money. Like if they could just get the help to get, you know, a, an apartment, they would be so much better off, but they can't get that help or they can't. They don't have that down payment or they don't have anybody to, to help them even understand how to even go about trying to get an apartment. So safe families can also help them with that, too. So we don't just take your kid and leave you to the wolves like the parents. Like We try to help them as much as possible, too. So if their goal is to get an apartment, we try our best to work with them and help them do that as well. Or if their goal is to get a job, we can sit down with them and teach them how to do, uh, you know, my brain just went. Resume. Yeah, a resume. <laughs> yes, an my brain just went. Yes, so we can help them with those things. So Because a lot of times these people are just isolated. They have nobody. They have no place to go. And they, it's usually a cycle of what they have learned before. So what we're trying to do is step in, keep these kids from going to the foster care system, and and teach the parents how to break the cycle of what they have on that, only thing that they know of try to break that and come out on the other side
1: well and you're part of the twin cedars family we right? Are. the network mm-hmm. uh you can say a little bit about what that is but also do y'all interface or interact with other organizations because for instance i know circles of troop county that's a that's a organization we've interviewed here and we work with uh, are on the front lines of of trying to destigmatize stigmatize and deconstruct systemic poverty, but are, are there organizations that that y'all work with uh, to to support these families? Yes, who are on the streets.
3: Yes, absolutely. So we we can send. Um, you know, I've sent families to Sherry Brown's organization. That would uh, be circles. Y- yeah, yes, yeah, circles, and and she's done the same. We actually worked together to have one. Uh, uh, I think she had just was about to turn eighteen. And she had gone through circles, and then she was getting, you know, in a host family as well, and um, just trying to change her way of thinking. And our big thing is to try to get them to go from just straight survival mode to actually have like a thriving mode, because they don't know anything other than survival mode, and that's... So hard to get out of, and and especially without any support, I would not know. I mean, that's how if I didn't have people around me, that's what I would be all the time, just survival mode. And so, you know, we want to be able to step in and and help in that way. I think that's a big difference between safe families and foster care as well. Mm-hmm. Um, foster care, which is of course, the, you know, a huge place and, and amazing what these families do, and they're in a situation they really can't help the families because. they're worse situations than what we're we're seeing but we want to change the whole atmosphere of the family and and really build from like love like that foundation of love education um just support and then go from there
2: so, in my work as a pastor, there's all sorts of things that I never expected I would be doing in ministry, like making a gazillion origami cranes or, um, I don't know, some sort of building maintenance. So, in work, there are things that are
3: unexpected.
2: I'm wondering for you, what surprised you in your work with say, Families?
3: We can all agree sometimes that all the, the all our denominations don't always work well together, right? But with Safe This families. is not surprising.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what News is surprising, with Safe
3: Families, we do. And that's one of my favorite things. It doesn't matter which church we're walking into or which one works. They all work well together because of this and because of this cause and for these kids. And so... It was surprising at first, but it's cool to see a family from Rosemont Baptist Church and a family from First Baptist Church meet each other, get along so well, um, love each other and these families and and just love Jesus and love others. Like that's it's really great. that simple. <laughs> so that's It should be it that, should that be. simple, right? It should be. Yeah. Well, and y'all
2: are setting a good pattern for us then as local churches part. and trying to work together. So what's coming in the future for Safe
3: Families? So Safe Families actually, it's all over the world. It's really huge in England right now as well. So it's it's everywhere. What we're trying to do, one, is to build up the churches here in LaGrange that are involved. That's our one of our big things. And we don't want it just to be predominantly white churches. We want all we want everybody. Mm-hmm. Because we're not just serving one race. You know, we if we have a Hispanic kid that speaks a different language, we don't want to put him him or her in a home with a family who doesn't speak that. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be able to broaden that and and bring everybody in from all different Um, races and denominations, and we really want to do that and and be able to work well together in that. And the other is we want to expand the area a little more. Like, we just started to go into Columbus. We're about to have our first church there. We do have our first church there. And now we're going to start building those host families there in Columbus as well because, um, you know, we want to be able to – we love serving LaGrange, and that's important, but we – want to also serve the surrounding areas as much as we can as well. And we don't want to wear out all the people, the host families here. They do an amazing job, but we we don't want to wear just them out. (laughs) We want to be able to widen that a little bit.
1: So if people want to get involved, how how do they do that, Brooke? I'm sure that they can call your website or social media or anything like that.
3: Sure, they can call our intake line, which is 706-616-8028. And I will answer that, and also um, Nicole Spivey, who is my coworker, she may answer. So one of us will will answer that and get back to you. You can also fill out a form online. It's um, safefamilies.org.
1: And You can just Google Safe Families yeah. for Children, West yep. Georgia,
3: and and you can fill out a um, intake form there as well.
1: Well. Brooke, it has been lovely having you in studio with us today. I uh, know that from the start of this particular episode, you may have had your doubts about talking about safe children, <laughs> places for safe, the uh, safety and well-being of children after my Halloween hijinks. We actually do love children here at First Presbyterian. Yes. It is one of and our want
2: co- them all to be yes. very safe. <laughs> it is one
1: of our core missions, I would say. And that is why this season of Listen Broad, season number four, is focusing on all the various groups that are advocating for and taking care of children in our community. We applaud you and appreciate the work that y'all are doing at Safe Families. Thank
3: you, thank you. And I would love for, for this amazing church to get involved more. Yes, so absolutely. More. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we
1: need to find out more. Yeah, we need to step up our game here at Lewis and Broad.
2: <laughs> You've got your mission pastor right here. So. Yep, there she <laughs> is. Yep.
1: I think that's a good post-episode conversation that needs to take place. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks, everybody, for Thank listening you. to this 40th episode. Please check us out on our social media at Lewis and Broad. You can find us on our website at dot org. You can also find our uh, weekly podcast on the scripture for the week, catechesis, that is on lewisandbroad.org and on our social media. Lots of exciting things. Thanks for listening to everybody. Remember who and whose you are, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Lewis and Broad. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating. You. Or if you'd somebody tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time.